Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality one topic at a time. This is Icarus Boreality with Shane Jones. What is up, Inquirers, and welcome to the expanse of deep, open-minded conversation. I'm the one they call Shane, and in today's discussion, we explore the paranormal from the lens of psychology and discover how one anomalous moment can shatter someone's paradigm and cause them to spiral into the world of the spiritual in an attempt to understand this bizarre reality we all reside in. But before we can get into that, we of course have to do the front of house, so if you aren't already following the show across social media, highly recommend that you do if you want to get updates on anything new and interesting going on with the show. Of course, Instagram is the one I'm the most active on, but you guys can check us out on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Discord. And uh, as far as Discord goes, it'd be really cool if some of you guys hopped in on there. There's a lot more going on in the Discord, and I'm trying to build that up as much as possible to form a community of all of you awesome people out there. But the only way I'm going to be able to keep making that work and keep doing that is if you guys hop in, do some interaction, become part of the Inquirer community slash 
bizarre encounters. I guess it kind of accompanies all of it, but uh, definitely if you guys want to have some awesome conversations with some like-minded individuals, definitely go and check out the Discord. Can't promote that enough. And uh, if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show or having me as a guest on your show, or if you're interested in sponsoring the show in some way, shape, or form, or if you just want to have a conversation with me, you guys can get a hold of me through social media. Instagram is the one I'm the most active on, but you guys can definitely message me on Facebook also. Or you guys can email me at inquiriesourrealitypodcast.outlook.com. Or you guys go to the link tree, fill the submission form. And of course, that goes directly to my email. And uh, make sure you guys check your spam or junk folders. Make sure nothing gets missed in the process. Because again, I do respond to every single message that I get from you guys. And if you guys have an encounter that you guys want to report, no matter how big, no matter how small, paranormal, uh, cryptids, aliens, uh, UFOs, uh, anything anomalous, anything interesting like that, you guys can report those to OMMEncounterReports at Outlook.com. Or you guys go with a link tree and there is a separate submission form for that. I believe it's the third tab down. It says report in an encounter. And uh, depending on what you want to do with it, we can have a little bit of back and forth. Either one, I can read on the show, give you guys a shout out, or we can just discuss it one-on-one, or you guys could possibly be a guest on the show. Or if I'm somewhat near you, maybe we can. E- I can even get out and be able to investigate it. But if you guys want to keep the encounters between us, that's definitely possible. We can just have a discussion about it. Maybe I can help you out with it a little bit. Or again, if you guys want to get featured on the show, just let me know. And of course, like I said, we'll have some back and forth if you guys shoot me a message about any of that. And uh, if you guys can't get enough of the weird stuff I do, you guys can go and check out Bizarre Encounters, my other show that I do with my awesome co-host, Oren. Uh, We deep dive into the paranormal, cryptids, aliens, anomalous things, anything weird like that. Uh, We deep we do our own research on stuff. We have some back and forth. We have some fun discussions. Uh, sometimes there's guests on the show, but it's a little bit different of a format. That sounds like something you guys might be interested in. Definitely recommend going and checking that out. If you guys want to keep tabs on everything I do all in one place, you guys can go and follow Open Minds Media across social media. And if you guys want to support the show, there's a couple different ways to do so. Number one that I'm trying to build up as much as possible is the Patreon. You'll get things over there such as ad-free episodes of the show, early access to the show, lives of the show, live replays of the show, exclusive merch store discounts, uh, exclusive giveaways, um, Patreon exclusive shows such as the other show that I'm starting up, Bizarre Inquiries, and the first unofficial episode slash first episode are already dropped on the Patreon if you guys want to go and check that out. Uh, I believe some of them I'll probably drop onto the normal feed to get you guys over there if you guys aren't already checking it out. But uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of exclusive content going on over there, and I'm going to keep trying to build that up as much as possible as far as 2024 goes. And if you guys have any suggestions for the Patreon, I'm more than happy to hear them. I want to try to give you guys what you want as far as that content goes. And at least over there too, you don't just get one show. You also get Bizarre Encounters and any other shows that I do all in one place, Open Minds Media Patreon. And if you guys want to donate to the show directly, you guys can do so through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. Even if you just just want to buy me a coffee to make it so I can stay up late and keep editing and doing all the different stuff for the show definitely appreciated. A majority of that's going to go toward being able to get out to more events, to be able to meet more of you guys, uh, make more opportunities as far as possibly speaking at events, stuff like that. all goes back into the show because I'm trying to continue to build up and grow the show as much as I possibly can this year. And uh, the third way you guys can support the show is through the Open Minds Media merch store. Over there, I got designs for Inquiries of All Reality, Bizarre Encounters, some other cryptid designs. Definitely going to be updating as far as different holiday designs. Uh, there's always going to be something relatively new on there. I'm going to try to drop new designs monthly. So if you guys want to go and support the show, it's an awesome way to do so. Uh, there is random promo codes that get dropped on the Instagram and stuff here and there. And of course, if you guys are on the Patreon, you guys do get exclusive merch store discounts depending on which tier you guys pick. And number four, as far as supporting the show, you guys can do so through leaving a review or rating on iTunes or Spotify or whatever other podcatcher you use. 
And uh, if I can find that review, which I definitely check frequently, I'll of course read it on the show and give you guys a big shout out. And uh, speaking of that, we got a new review this week uh, from Mad Copy Girl. She says, never a dull moment. So far, I'm loving this podcast. The episode about Replica, the app, had me enthralled. More. Well, I definitely appreciate the review. And of course, I will keep doing what I can to bust out as much awesome content as I possibly can for all of you guys. And uh, speaking of awesomeness, you guys, if you haven't already, highly recommend going and checking out I Know Squatch. They got a lot of really awesome Sasquatch type gear. Uh, They got their really cool exclusive creeper design. And they also have these really cool baseball looking hats that say the word whoop on it, of course, which for everybody that's familiar, that is the call of the Sasquatch. One of my personal favorite Sasquatch merchandise companies, of course. I am currently wearing one of the I Know Squatch shirts they sent me. I really enjoy it. My closet consists of Crypto Theology, I Know Squatch, and a bunch of my different uh, designs and logos and stuff. So highly recommend going and checking it out. And for any other crypto that you guys might want to be might be interested in, including Sasquatch, of course, but done in a totally different manner. You guys can go and check out Crypto Theology. Joe is always dropping new awesome designs. And I know right now he is in between convention season, so he should be dropping a bunch of awesome stuff really, really soon. He sent me a couple different things he was working on. And guys, I think you guys are really going to enjoy some of the new stuff he's going to be dropping very, very soon. And to all my paranormal investigators out there, don't forget to go and check out the Chattergeist. It is the all-in-one paranormal investigating device. I use it any time I go out. It is my personal favorite device that I have at my disposal. And uh, if you guys have any questions about it whatsoever, you guys can message Barry over there on Dimension Devices. He is the guy that programmed and developed it, of course. So we can answer literally any question that you might have on the device. And of course, don't forget to use our affiliate link if you go and pick yourself up one of those. Uh, It helps out the show immensely, and I greatly appreciate it if you guys would. And uh, everything that I mentioned is all available on the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show, paranormal researcher and advisor, Deborah Roque. How's it going today? Going very well, actually. Thanks. And yourself? Not too bad. Uh, it's 2024. Uh, hoping this year is better than the last couple of years, considering all the craziness that's been going on. So, you know, it's already off to a good start because nothing crazy's happened quite yet. <laughs> well, yeah, we only, we're only two days in, so let's not hold our breath for too long. We'll see <laughs> what happens. We got to manifest good. That's the only thing. <laughs> that's the only way to go about it. If you have negative okay. intentions, then we're going to get another crazy thing that happens again this year. But, you know, not to get too political, but we got the election coming this year. So at least the end of the year, there's going to be some crazy stuff, I'm sure. Looking forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I guess a good place to get started for anybody that may not be familiar with who you are, what you do. uh, Why don't you let them know a little bit about yourself and a little bit about uh, what you do? All right. So my name is Deborah. I am a, as you said, Shane, a paranormal researcher and advisor. And what that means basically is I just, I research anything that has to do with the paranormal, but more from a psychological, but also spiritual perspective. Um, And so what I do with paranormal paradigma is help individuals who are having paranormal experiences. They maybe don't know who to talk to about their paranormal experiences, feel distress, fear, shame, guilt, any sort of stigma, and help them sort of process it and overcome these things, make meaning of their experiences uh, from that more spiritual sort of holistic perspective. 
Uh, so what exactly like got you started uh, going into that way of like going about doing things? Because I've heard of different, a couple different people that kind of, they try to do almost like support for people when they have like UFO abductions. I don't hear about it too much with paranormal other than people like researching it in general. So like what, what kind of inspired you to go down that path? Um, honestly, I think a little bit of my own experience and also listening to a bunch of other experiences on like docu-series and documentaries and how everybody that has some sort of paranormal experience for the most part at first it's a uh, sort of a jarring kind of especially the first or two first couple experiences that one ha- one has it's a very jarring experience and maybe even like life altering experience and there's not we don't have the help out there to help us really process these things, especially if you come from a like really, really religious background, or maybe you're a skeptic or a non-believer of some sort. And so as I was doing research and, you know, cause that's just my love. That's what I love to do is research and read. Um, as I was <laughs> doing both. all that. I, yeah. And so what I just, I realized I was like, yo, psychology really doesn't have the support that we need as a society to help people go through these things. And it's because largely because traditional psychology uh, doesn't honor the paranormal, right? Like it's for them, there is no such thing as paranormal causation. Um, So then everybody sort of looks to parapsychology, but then parapsychologists are sort of looked at as pseudoscientists. And then even then, let's say, you know, it, they are the, even if they are or aren't doesn't matter the help that that exists in, inside of psych, uh, parapsychology is just isn't big enough they're just a pretty small discipline compared to normal psychology and so i was like i think we need a little bit more access to help when it comes to understanding these experiences what they mean for us how to process them you know make meaning of them because for me especially through my own experiences i've learned that the paranormal is a lot more spiritual than what people make it seem you know there's this big stigma over like all oh, the paranormal scary or it's not real it's all in your head you're crazy if you know you you experience it and i'm like it there's a lot going on there that i don't think that people really understand and if we can get people to talk about that that like their experiences and kind of see it from a more like like a spiritual perspective, maybe things would be a little different. Maybe people would be a little bit more curious as to why these things are happening and see the, I guess the, um, the relationship between the experience and themselves. Um, And that's what I try to do. Just out of curiosity, um, do you have a psychology background as far as um, like, did you go to school for it? Or is it just like something you were interested in that you did a bunch of research into? Because I, I definitely have a curiosity for psychology. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like uh, I went to college or anything like that for it. But of course, you can you can learn just as much off of like doing enough research. But just out of curiosity, where, where does your background go in with uh, psychology? So I actually don't have a psychology degree. Um, my background, I do have a master's degree. Um, in actually it's environmental science and policy. Um, and from there, actually, oh my God, this is my life. I'm like, oh my God, where do I even start? So <laughs> I was in PhD program and I made it almost all the way to the PhD, like all but dissertation pretty much. And then at the end of it, things within, with like my field research sort of just like went downhill. Um, and they basically gave me a decision. They were like, well, you can continue with your PhD or you can, you know, just opt out for a master's. And I decided for my master's because of a hundred thousand things that were happening at that time. And I'm kind of glad I did because 
at that point of my life, um, I thought I was just going to, it was all science for me. You understand? I was entering into the more paranormal sphere. I was going through a lot of changes, but around that moment for me, life was just subjective reality and materialist reality. Um, so whatever, all the things that happened around that time that made me shift to get to a master's and then from there do what I'm doing now, I'm, um, I'm really grateful for because I feel like now I learned a lot more than I probably would have ever learned in school. And it's just like you said, like it's just taken me down to this path of psychology and also like phenomenology too. Um, and just spirituality in general. I've always found it kind of funny that, you know, everybody tries to distinguish people by like what paperwork they have on a specific topic, but honestly you can get just as much research done, uh, start researching into stuff on the internet, watching YouTube videos. I mean, half the time stuff that most of the lectures that you watch are from quote college professors. So it's like, whether you're watching it on the internet or you're going to school for it. I mean, either way, if you're sitting there, you're actually taking the time to research everything. I mean, I don't feel like it necessarily matters what qualifications you have as like far as paperwork goes. But again, that's just, that's just my kind of opinion on it. Uh, but as far as like kind of coming at it from a psychology standpoint, uh, have you noticed any commonalities as far as people who uh, experience paranormal things? Uh, like possibly they have like the same type of like trauma or something from their past, or they're like a certain archetype of people. Like, is, is there any kind of commonality or does it seem like it's just kind of across the board? So what I've experienced, not only from like my own research and like even the, even my own experiences, um, people that have paranormal experiences do often have some sort of distressful or traumatic experience or are going through some sort of distressful or traumatic period in their life. Right. So like that is actually a common theme, even in the parapsychology research. So I think it's very interesting that when these sort of paranormal instances or episodes happen, they tend to also like relate with um, like periods of like, high stress or depression or some sort of anxiety or something like that, or trauma, uh, which is very interesting. And as far as an archetype goes, like, I don't know if I really can say that I've seen an archetype. I think that one of the biggest predictors of having a paranormal experience, and this is also in the research, says that you have to believe it, right? Which is very interesting to me, um, especially as somebody who used to not believe in anything, but still had paranormal experiences, but completely negated them. You understand? And then when I look back at it, I'm just like, oh, I wonder how different I would have seen things or who I would have been had I accept, like accepted that that was actually paranormal rather than saying that it was all mental and in my head. Uh, but I do. But I have found that. So basically, yes, typically there is some sort of distressful experience that people are going through. And also belief is a predictor of of having more than one paranormal experience typically. I mean, if you're looking at it from uh, like the, the sense of there being like trauma, that's usually like a typical thing with like poltergeist, for example, too. Um, I mean, assumably with that, it has something to do with like them being somewhat of like an energy leech or possibly that that negative energy creates energy around that person and these things are drawn to it almost like a magnetic reaction because i mean you look into electromagnetic fields when you're looking to the paranormal anyway so assumably you know that negative uh magnetism might be what attracts these things rather than like a positive magnetism 
And uh, as far as like the belief system part of it goes, I mean, I don't even necessarily think just again, my opinion that you have to believe in it, quote unquote. I think it's a matter of the people that don't believe in it, just try to rationalize things that can't be rationalized by trying to come up with, oh, the wind made it so that 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 cup blew over. It was just, you know, I had the window open and it was just a large gust of wind, blah, 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 blah. So it's not that they aren't experiencing them. Uh, because of not believing, but they're experiencing them, but they're just trying to rationalize them in totally different ways rather than actually kind of taking into consideration that it might be something paranormal. No, a hundred percent. I definitely can relate to that as somebody who definitely had those types of experiences and also tried to rationalize them. And we also have to remember the, uh, the language in academic journals and like in academia in general, like they will not, even a parapsychologist will never say or would actually admit that there's such things that it's like paranormal phenomena. Like say like, yeah, there is a paranormal cause to this. They're very like, eh, very touch and go. They actually call it anomalous experiences rather than paranormal experiences because of the implications that the word paranormal has. And I think that also has a lot to do with, you know, the stigma surrounding the word paranormal. Um, but what you're saying is completely correct. I think it has more to do, like, it doesn't mean that there isn't something paranormal going on. It just means that the way that you're processing it or you're interpreting it, your perspective of it, um, just isn't in line with what you believe to be true about the paranormal or not. I mean, considering that we're talking about this right now and you've brought up your experiences a couple of times, um, you know, all the listeners, they love hearing about people's different paranormal experiences. Um, I'd love to kind of hear about your background as far as like things that you've experienced that have also led you up to your current belief that the paranormal does exist. So, okay, I can tell you the moment where everything sort of switched for me. So, but before I get there, let me give you a little bit of background. So I grew up in a household that where my father was a complete atheist, did not believe in anything or anyone for that matter. And my mom was Roman Catholic and also sort of like Santera coming from a Santera background and Santeria in the Cuban is a Cuban Afro-Cuban religion uh, that sort of mixes a little bit of Roman Catholicism, but also like voodoo and some like African sort of beliefs. Uh, what we call orishas and things like that. So I had a little bit of a very interesting sort of upbringing. And then also then my first cousins, like my mom's sister converted to Islam. Uh, so I had Muslim cousins growing up and just like a whole like hodgepodge, like a, like a, just like mix of things. I was going to say that's extremely diverse as far as the family goes. You usually don't hear about that many different belief <laughs> systems all in one family. That's super interesting. It was just like all there. So I was listening to different, I was listening to things from like the Quran. I was thinking, you know, things from the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, and my father telling me that it's all bullshit, doesn't even exist. Like it was just like all this stuff. So of course I'm like, I don't even know what happened, like what's happening with life. But anyway, I ended up becoming an atheist myself. Even though in the time that I was an atheist, I still experienced things. So like the first experience that I ever had, and I remember was actually uh, seeing a UFO with my mom. That's like the first big experience that I had. And I was like nine or 10 years old. I was in fourth grade. I remember I was in fourth grade. Um, and she was hanging clothes outside to dry. It was at night. It's just something that she just typically did. And my dad was sleeping. My sister was five. She's five years younger than me. So she was sleeping. And um, I just hear my mom like scream out my name, like something like, just, I don't know. Like it was just very scary. I could hear her scream out my name the way that she did like bloody murder. And I run outside and she, 
she's like looking in the sky and she's pointing in the sky and she like comes to me and she holds me and she gets down to my level and she's like what's that in the sky and i'm like mom it's a plane why what is like the whole like the whole situation and then she's like no look at it closer and when i did we realized that it was moving incredibly slow and very low and so we run to the front porch and lo and behold this thing is hovering like I don't know how many, I don't even know, I don't, I can't even tell you, but like, we, I always say it's like a helicopter, like search helicopters, like search when helicopters are searching for perpetrators, like suspects, like that sort of height, but it was just hovering and it was saucer shaped and it was just very colorful and very bright and a lot of different colors, just like kind of dancing. And I remember being in awe at first and being like, wow, my God, what is that? That's amazing. That's a UFO or they're aliens. And then it kind of just sort of sunk in like, oh my God, they're aliens. I'm going to get abducted. That's it. I'm not going to see my family. And I just went into a whole panic. And then I hid in the corner (laughs) in like my kitchen. And I didn't really do much else after that. My mom tried to get the big camcorders. I mean, this was the nineties, imagine. So huge camcorder that you just prop up on your shoulder. She finally got it to work. But by the time she got it to work, it was gone. So like that, that was the first experience. And ever since then, I had seen, I've had other UFO experiences, right? But just out one, of curiosity, um, just with mm-hmm. your mom's religious background on it, how, how does she like interpret like aliens or UFOs? Does she see them as extraterrestrials oh. or does she see it more as like they, they might be something demonic? Just out of curiosity. Totally extraterrestrials. My mom definitely believes in life in the universe, like outside of this earth and in the universe. Uh, she, she was like, yeah, those are aliens. Like, most likely (laughs) like she did not try to put she's not like she's religious in the sense that like she believes but she's not like religious in the sense that she like practices and worships the way that you know most devout religious people do i'm always curious about that kind of stuff because people kind of fit him into different paradigms depending on like what their background is some people see him as their demons other people see it as like god had like side projects that he created other life so i always have to ask that question when somebody comes from a religious background so (laughs) Oh, that's really cool, though. But thanks for asking. But yeah, no, my mom was like, aliens for sure. So we were <laughs> like, I was like, okay. Um, so I had other experiences in between that time. But the one experience that kind of just made me shift was actually my father passing. And the reason for this is because we were just so many like synchronicities and weird things. Like my, I was with my sister in Orlando, Florida. Uh, we were going to watch funny enough, the, the premiere of Jurassic world. Cause that's like our favorite movie, which links us back to our dad. Cause our dad, you know, one of the biggest, I guess the best memories that we have as children is going to the theater to watch Jurassic park, like back in 1992, 1993, when it came out um, in the theater. So we always have that night, like that memory with him. And so when Jurassic world came out, we were like, Oh my God, we got to get together again and watch this movie. Like to, sort of, you know, do the whole nostalgia thing and get back together. It's like a remembrance thing. Yeah, exactly. So, and it was a week before Father's Day. So it was a weekend before Father's Day. Um, So we went to Orlando and everything cool. We talked to my dad because my dad, you know, parents, they're always like, call us when you get to there. Just want to make sure you're safe. And I forgot to call my dad and tell him that we had got there and we were safe. Uh, so he called, he was like a little upset and like flustered. And he's like, oh, I just told you to call me. And I was like, I'm sorry, dad, no problem. But we're here. We're safe. Everything's cool. Uh, I'll call you tomorrow and we'll plan, you know, the, the father day activities next week. I'll see you next week. And I love you. 
And so I, um, I remember going to sleep that night. We ended up watching it. Everything was cool in the game. And <laughs> I wake up in the middle of the night that night for the first time ever in my life. This had never happened to me. I wake up in the middle of the night and I am like legitimately concerned for my father. Like I'm like, something's wrong with my dad. I don't know what's wrong with it. Something's happening. And I convinced myself that it was just a sort of like psychological manifestation that I'm just worried about him. And now it's coming up in my subconscious and I'm waking up and that's why I'm afraid for my dad. Cause my dad's a little older. So, you know, not to worry about it. Go back to sleep. I'll call him tomorrow. Make sure everything's okay. So that's what happened. I'm back to sleep. And about two hours later, I get a call in the middle of the night. Like it was, I think it was two 36 in the morning. And I get a call from a police officer telling me that my father, they found my father dead, like in his bathroom. And that's when I think like everything for me just sort of like, kind of just like, whoa, 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 what happened here? And for days, I was just like, why didn't I react when I felt that my dad had died or something was wrong with my dad? And the more that I think about it, the more that I, and the things that happen afterwards, the more that I understand that that was most likely my father. Like, you know, when people are dying, it's, this has happened many times. I'm not the only one to experience this. You know, when a loved one dies or is dying, they come to visit you know, their family members and sort of send off or say a goodbye or whatnot. And the more that I read about this and see the similarities between those stories and mine, I'm like, that's exactly what happened. And then from there, I had like started to sort of shift my mentality. And I finally got, I think, a confirmation with my friend who at the time was having a lot of medium experiences and she's like, your dad's coming through. Your dad's coming through. And I'm like, how do you know it's my father? Like she was my friend, but we weren't like best friends and we didn't like grow up together. She didn't know my dad like that. So I was like, okay, my dad's coming through. Like, how do you know? And she's like, it's his energy. He's, he wants to tell you something. And she starts telling me things that there's just no way that he, that she, that she could have known about like my family, like brothers and sisters in Cuba and things like that. And then at the, I think the, the kicker for me was like, what does the number 236 mean for you? Like he keeps showing me 236, 236. And I think I almost like died that morning. Like at that day, I was just like, what do you, how do you know? And I was like, that's, a, that, that, that's when I got the call to tell him that, to tell me that he died. And she was like, well, um, I guess he's just trying to confirm <laughs> that he's here. And I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is so interesting <laughs> Because my dad was a devout atheist. Like, he was just like, there is nothing. And then for him to come through the way that he did with my friend and send me these messages, not to mention everything that I felt and the things that I was experiencing, to me, it was almost like a message saying, like, don't, don't make the same mistake that I made. Don't be an atheist. You got to believe. Look into it. Like, like, go down that path. Do you understand? And since then, I've never looked back. Like it's been seven years now going on eight and this is just what I've made my, my life's calling. Like this is what I do. That was exactly when you like switched because you had atheistic views uh, before you got that phone call and everything. Yeah, no, I just, I'm telling you, like it just, I had experiences which any would, would make anybody a believer and I'd be like, nah, that was an animal or no, that was just, you know, a normal sleep paralysis sort of episode or, you know, things like that. I would just always something, unless, unless it was a UFO. But for me, UFOs, 
didn't really have to do with the paranormal so much, although I know it is. But for me, UFOs are just like, there's life outside of this universe, whatever. You understand? I don't know anything mm-hmm. about it. It just is what it is. But I didn't really like get into it um, until obviously afterwards. I mean, at least as far as UFOs and stuff like that go, too, they're one of those things that even if you are an atheist, I mean, there's still the, definitely the possibility of life that exists yeah. in other places. And it's kind of funny, too, that even, like, being an atheist, you know, you have this concept of science that, like, energy can't be created nor destroyed. So, assumably, you know, it's the same with consciousness, that consciousness is an energy, so it can't necessarily be destroyed. It just gets displaced somewhere else. And, I mean, at least coming, again, from, like, an atheist view on things, um, I mean, I can't even, like, fathom how that would feel that, you know, you're going, you have your one foot on either side. And you're starting to kind of transition over and rather than there being nothing, instead, you're starting to see all these people around you. Like, I feel like he probably had one of those moments where maybe he didn't know how long his window was that he'd be in between the two realms. So he wanted to be able to make a connection with you. And especially saying like the time, like what not a better way to basically make contact with you and prove it because you know anything else that you get from family you know your friend could have heard it from somewhere they could have heard it from this just hanging out around you and everything that's like one of those key things that nobody would know except for him but you know it it, it, it's a hard thing losing a parent and i'm really sorry to hear that you lost your father and that's what made it so that you started believing in the paranormal uh but i mean i guess the good news not necessarily good news considering everything with you know your father passing away but the good news is that he, at least with his last move that he was able to do he made it so that you knew that there was something on the other side and i mean even continuing off of that um out of curiosity has he tried to contact you in any other way have you felt his presence around you or anything or do you think that he's you know in assumably in whatever people want to refer to as like a heaven um i definitely think that when he transitioned he chose to be a guide because I feel like he's always around me all the time. And I actually have like a sensation now when like, I know he's around Um, on my back. I have a tattoo uh, and it was made for him. Like it's like dedicated to him. And this was before he died. So this had been like, he had seen the tattoo. He knew it was for him, like all this stuff. And um, now as time went on, I started to feel first it was, at first it was like scents, like specific scents that were just him. Like I would smell him and I was like, Oh my God. But then from there, I think as I started to evolve my own like abilities and my intuition and things like that, it kind of just went into from like sense and like shadows to now it's just a sensation on my back. And that's when I get like, you know, what we call confirmations of like him being around. And that actually happens probably like weekly. Like he's just constantly there. When you, because I'm assuming you, do you go out on like uh, paranormal investigations or do you more so just like talk to people about like their paranormal experiences? No, I don't do investigations. I'm more of a, like I said, more on the spiritual spectrum. So I actually do tarot readings. I can use the tarot to access and like talk to individuals on the other side um, and then just kind of use that as my as my method of communication, I guess, when it comes, if I want to talk to him or any of my guides. Uh, and that's what I do. And then the research, obviously. And, and that's how I came into advisement because from tarot, it's sort of just kind of, that's what a tarotist does, right? Like you advise people on how to make better decisions in their lives, depending on the energies that are present. And so with the paranormal, it's 
basically the same thing. You understand? If you want people to understand what's happening or why it's happening, you're like you have to understand the energies that are present and why they're attracting the type of things that they're attracting and what that means for them and how they can like overcome the things that they're experiencing. So it's almost like in the same spectrum. I guess this kind of, this question kind of interchangeably works for paranormal investigating and for doing divination. Um, mm-hmm. Since he's more of like the guide type, have, do you feel that he kind of like helps you when you're going about this research, like kind of making communication with the other side for you? Yeah, no, for sure. And I, and then when I get like stuck or whatnot, I'll actually ask him or whoever I feel is guiding me at the moment. Like I'll just like, just what do I do now? Like, what do I do next? And just sort of, kind of let the like into it whatever <laughs> the messages are you understand say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. And then sometimes it's like, you know, when they think it, oh my God, what is that term right now? When they kind of just comes into your head, the thought, uh, oh my gosh, I don't remember the name right now, but like, it just like the thought will come into your head or otherwise, otherwise it's like synchronicities and signs and things like that. And then, uh, as far as, um, like when you do your tarot readings and everything like that, um, like what's kind of like your, background perspective on that because i know that you said you came from multiple religious backgrounds uh are you more of like the spiritual type do you take in aspects of like of the bible like what's kind of like your background as far as like when you do your tarot readings because i know some people do it um as like a light working thing where they believe in in the bible and they bring that in with the divination and then the other side of that of course is that people uh think that it's completely something that's demonic and it shouldn't be done if they come at it from a biblical perspective or again the spiritual side that you know maybe there's more of like a universal consciousness or like like what, what kind of what where do you kind of fall in as far as that goes so I, um, I'm not religious, right? So what I am is definitely spiritual. So I come at it from the more spiritual, uh, aspect and the way that I read it is more like archetypally. So the tarot, I see them as archetypes and, you know, these archetypes are going to tell me the sort of like, what is the energy present in the situation? Um, and then from there, I sort of interpret the symbols and the like the the numbers sometimes so the numerology the symbology and like the archetypes that are in the tarot and then i just sort of put the story together and you know like you said either divinate or give the advice or you know try to figure out what's the best course of action to take depending on who's you know what the question is for the reader i mean like the querent so usually uh like just out of curiosity when you're going about and you're going to advise somebody um like like what's kind of your method to it i'm assuming that you kind of hear their experience uh you talk to them about their experience and then if you know it's like a relative or somebody then you might do like tarot readings for them like what's what's kind of like your process as far as like when you have somebody that comes to you and wants your help like what what, what's your kind of your step-by-step as far as that goes so it depends on the so it depends what they're coming for right so if they're coming for a paranormal situation right 
not a divination situation. Cause I read tarot for both. Like I'll be like, okay, if this is a paranormal situation, let's do it this way. But if it's a normal, like I have a question about general life, love, all that stuff, it's another whole situation. Right. Usually if it's a paranormal, uh, experience that somebody's going through and they want more answers. I actually created my own spread that I use to ask, you know, the source, you know, spirit or whatnot, and give me a better idea of what's going on. And yeah, I will like ask like, what, what are you going through? Like, what is it that's happening? I'll get a little bit of a gist of the story and then I'll throw tarot to kind of get it a better, a better idea of like what it was that's coming through, why it's coming through, what is the message behind this, you know, situation and kind of get a better idea than that. If it's regular tarot, it's sort of a lot more blind, actually. I don't ask questions. I just ask if they have a question. If they have a question, I throw the tarot. If they don't, then we do a general reading. And that is that's whatever kind of goes, comes in, and that's it. Um, and then if they don't want tarot readings, they just want to talk about the experience. And it's more of like a sort of like what we're doing. It's more of a conversation. And I, and I just let people talk about their experience, what happened. And then I ask questions as to like, well, what's going on in your life right now? Why do you think that this happened to you? What does it mean? And sort of try to formulate a story. And depending on where they are, then I will offer sort of like techniques and methods that they can use to uh, either explore it more and, and sort of lean into it and try to figure it out. Or if they want to just stop it, then we can also go down that route so that these things can stop happening to them. I know that this uh, this might turn into a whole other side tangent, but I definitely want to come back to uh, some of the people that you've worked with and hear some of their experiences. But uh, I like to ask this to anybody that, that reads tarot. Um, as far as like when you do a spread, uh, do you what's kind of your view as far as like, do you think that the future is set in stone and that there's not necessarily free will? Or do you see the tarot cards as more of like a projection of this might happen in the future if you go about what you're doing? Like what, what's kind of your view as far as tarot and reading what's going to happen in the future? Yeah. So I'm definitely more of the, I cannot for sure ever predict anybody's future because the future is, ever changing and it all depends on like you said like your free will and what you decide to do with the decisions and the, the things that you have at, at hand right now right so yeah I can give you a better I can give you an overview of what could happen and like this may happen this is where it looks like it might head but at the end of the day you're the one who decides what to do with the energy present and with your own decisions and of course like you said free will so it'll be presented to you and at that moment whatever it is that you decide is what you decide. And then kind of life will take its course from there on. But I don't think that the future is ever set in stone. I don't think that you can a hundred percent predict the future. And I think anybody that says that they can is full of shit. <laughs> See, this kind of gets starts getting a little bit more into uh, like philosophy as far as that yeah. stuff goes. But I've always been kind of curious if by knowing the possibility of what's going to happen in the future, if that all in turn makes it so that you might actually deter from that path by doing stuff a little bit differently by pushing to make that happen or if it's one of those things that you know by knowing that it's going to happen now you now it maybe it was something that was intended to happen so now that you know that it was going to happen that's what causes it to happen or if it's a matter of like you end up deterring away from it because you're aware that it's going to happen like it's yeah. like i said it's kind of a philosophy thing but i've, I've always been uh something that i've always been kind of curious about 
Yeah, it is. And I mean, that's why it's not that it's impossible to predict the future, because again, like there are patterns, you know, certain energies predict certain things. And I'm, I'm not going to say that you just, you can, you can't predict the future. I'm just saying that anybody who says that they can all the time is, is full of crap because you just don't know. This is why, you know, people will read, let's say like not Nostradamus's predictions or whatnot. And some of the things have come true and then some of the things haven't and some things have misinterpreted and it just, it just all really just sort of depends. Um, and so I don't know. I don't like to ever sort of, I feel like it's false marketing. Like if I'm like, yeah, this is really good. It's going to happen. I don't want to disappoint anybody. And I, I'm very clear too. like, Hey, like this is what could happen. I'm not saying it will, but just like be aware, you know, like check it, see what happens. I would say even like Nostradamus, anybody that guesses the future, you know, it's maybe like what at most like an 80% success rate. So I mean like even past that, it kind of makes you wonder about the whole idea about like parallel timelines or multiple timelines that assumably Mm -hmm. if somebody can see into the future of this timeline, they can also see into the future of other timelines. So it may not necessarily be that they're wrong. They might have a hundred percent success rate, but not all of them might happen in this specific timeline that we're in. And once you get into other weird aspects of it, like everybody kind of has the idea with like the Mandela effect that it might actually be that we're actually bouncing between multiple timelines. You know, maybe that's kind of where that not necessarily always correct aspect falls in is maybe some people are only specifically seeing one timeline where other people are actually seeing multiple futures from multiple timelines. And again, it wasn't necessarily that they even got any of the predictions wrong. It was just that it may not be on the current timeline that we're in. And we may have been on that timeline when those people were alive and they were actually guessing the future at this point. But since the Mantella effect started, we might be bouncing timelines at this point for all we know. (laughs) True story. Absolutely right. Uh, but bouncing back into uh, some of your the people that you've advised, um, I always like hearing about people's most interesting cases that they've dealt with. Um, I know that some people probably want to keep their stuff private. They don't want to be named. They don't want to have their stories talked about. Uh, but anybody that may be a little bit more open about their stories in the idea that maybe being open about it might actually help other people to come out with their stories. Uh, what, what are some of the most interesting paranormal experiences or different people that you've advised and the different things that they've been through? So um, I definitely ch- always keep, I tell them that my stuff is confidential. So I won't be naming, obviously I won't be naming names and I'll try to like not give too much details uh, just to like keep the person's confidentiality and protect them. Uh, but, but uh, <laughs> probably the most recent one was a, a woman who she I'm trying to see what I can, what can I, what can I say and what can I not say? So she uh, was having a lot of experiences and a lot of synchronicities in her life that made her believe that maybe the, like if she ever bore a child, she would bear a sort of like, maybe like a, a prophet sort of Messiah sort of child. Right. And it was very interesting to hear her story because like she just, she had a lot of experiences that made her feel that what she believed to be true about her, the child that she should bear, will bear, because she's not, she's not, it wasn't she was pregnant or anything, uh, but that she feels like it's going to happen. Uh, she it was a lot of all these experiences that she was having um, made her feel and just like kind of validated the idea that this was supposed to be her, like this was her role in her life. 
And she kind of was stuck in this loop sort of where if it like, if it was real, if it wasn't real, like should she tell her partner? Cause she hadn't told her partner and all this stuff and like what that meant and what should she do and all these things. And for me hearing her story, it kind of, it kind of is, what happens is this, when you attach yourself to the outcome of something, you actually, um, I was going to say it in Spanish. <laughs> what is that word? Lo alejas. You, um, my gosh, you make it further from you. What is that term? I don't know. So you just like, you push it, it away. Maybe you push it away. Thank you. So you push it away. So, and I was telling her and I was like, maybe all these synchronicities and paranormal experiences that you've been having in relation to this, this idea, this feeling that you're having um, has a lot to do with the attachment to the result, to the outcome. And maybe we need to work on that. Right. Because I think what happens a lot of times, especially with paranormal experiences or even the spiritual experiences um, we get attached to what should happen or what will happen and things, we don't let things sort of just evolve and go as they should and sort of see what happens and where it takes us. And so with her particular case, we're basically working on detaching from the results and things like that. Uh, just kind of like let her see where it goes and also working on her insecurity with what she feels is like her intuition and the synchronicities and how to like, you know, be able to tell these things to her partner and like for her not to feel ashamed or guilty for having these sort of ideas and like these feelings. And so that's probably one of the more recent experiences that I've had with a client. Um, and then let me see another one, another one. Uh, she was actually talking about um, a UFO experience and I don't think she really knows what she's looking for uh she's just having a hard time i think just kind of acclimating back to like reality she's very like now like uh, involved in the research and like the, the whole like that rabbit hole of like ufo phenomenon and everything but is feeling a little bit isolated because her partner and her children aren't like really on that level with her. And so she's, I guess, just trying to find some sort of comfort or something that she feels like can give her some sort of sense of, I don't know, normalcy. So that's something that, you know, I also help with. After having that paradigm broken, that's yeah. such a hard thing to go back from, especially yeah. if you've had like abduction experiences, for example. And I've talked mm -hmm. to a lot of people that nobody around them believes in it. But after having those experiences, it's like you can't go back. There, There is no going back. Once you know that there's something there and you physically experienced it and seen it yourself, like I've, I've heard of families getting ruined over stuff like that. So it's mm -hmm. like half the time it is having to find a comforting community. And at least for like, you know, a lot of us different podcasters, our family kind of gets into some of the stuff, at least our immediate close family, but not having your immediate close family into that, you have to try to branch into something else. So at that point, I'm assuming that maybe she found some comfort, like within like the UFO community, possibly just making friends that she kind of can separate her two lives and feel normalcy between she can be as open as she wants to with the UFO community. And then she can be 
just not really talk about it amongst her family. But either way, it's still a really hard thing to have something so traumatic happen to you and not be able to talk to your immediate family about it, especially like your kids and stuff like, you know, yeah. I, I luck out that I can talk about cryptids and stuff with my kids and they believe in that kind of stuff. But a lot of people, like I said, I've seen families get ruined over stuff like that, but it's there's no going back from it, you know? And it's like, you don't necessarily want your family to experience those things with you. But at the same time though, it's like, you almost wish that they would just see like a UFO or just something so that you kind of get like a foot in the door. And then you could possibly start to actually be open about your experiences and not feel like you have to like mask or hide half of yourself when you're at home, which is supposed to be like your comfort place that you can truly be yourself at. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's also why I offer family sessions too, because it's really important to understand that if somebody's going through one of these experiences, the best that you can do for that person is support them. Like nobody's asking you to believe them. Maybe you don't have to believe them, but there are other ways that you can support them, even if it's just listening to them, even if it's just comforting them. But oftentimes what happens is that we're so stuck in our in our beliefs and in, in our ways and our perspectives that we don't offer that comfort and that support to our own loved ones when these sort of things happen. Um, and that's something that I also help with. Like, hey, it's not it's not about you at this point. It's about them and like what is happening to them and just providing some sort of comfort is good enough. Because oftentimes what I find is that, you know, even just for me, like just talking about these experiences are good enough. Like I'm not here trying to tell you and asking you to believe me. I'm here just telling you so you can support me and comfort me. Cause I don't know what's going on right now. Like I'm going through my own, like you said, like shock, the paradigm shift, which is actually it's ontological shock, which a lot of people tend to have. Um, and then what sucks is that, you know, we don't, we can't even go to psychologists about this stuff because then they try to pathologize it. And who wants to go to a psychologist and pay, I don't know how much money for a session for somebody to say, hey, I think you need to see a psychiatrist and, you know, you might be suffering from some sort of psychosis. Like, that's not, that is not the way it should be, um, which, you know, is why I do what I do, because there, it's a little thing feels like a little more nuanced and there's just a great lack of support and, you know, help for all this stuff. And it's, and like you said, it can be life altering. So how do you go through that? I mean, at least if you're coming at abduction experiences, going to like a psychologist or a therapist about it, I feel like more often than not, they end up associating it with some type of like, especially if it's like a childhood experience, they associate it with like molestation because of the whole like probing concept. And they just try to rationalize it from, I guess, the most normal perspective that they can. But right. even if you are dealing with a family that doesn't necessarily believe in UFOs and there's one person that was, that's an experiencer, there's still the other side of that, that it might not necessarily always be like, I'm not going to deny the fact of extraterrestrials. I definitely 150% believe in extraterrestrials, but I definitely do believe that there's the other side, that there's government intervention and secret technology. So even if, again, somebody doesn't necessarily believe in aliens or UFOs, they still have to take into consideration that there's still the human intervention that's happening while that stuff's happening that, you know, there was all like I, the, for people, I want to try to relate this back to them, you know, back in like the sixties, they're doing all the like LSD research and they were manipulating people into believing this, believing that. And that's kind of a conspiracy going into it. Like as far as I think the, a lot of cults were actually like government controlled and the intention mm -hmm. for it was to try to break people away from these break off societies. But I mean, they were doing that research back then as far as strong psychedelics go. And then, 
there's also the whole aspect of secret government um, projects as far as like manipulation of people trying to see if they could unlock type of like a psychedelic abilities, this, that. Um, So you can mix those two things together that there's the psychedelic research and then there's the experimenting on humans that they wanted to do that isn't legal or morally right to do. So they have to try to cover it up somehow. So you mix in the the psychedelic drugs where somebody's under a state where you can pretty much tell them anything and they're going to believe it. And then you're able to do these secret projects that you're trying to do. And all you would literally have to do is wear some type of alien mask, for example, and you could completely abduct somebody, do experiments on them and they wouldn't know none the wiser. And they would say that it was aliens and that they know that nobody would believe them. And there's a good handful of UFO cases where people have noticed like mask lines and stuff on, on the aliens. So that's kind of where I diverge that I think it's like a two-sided thing happening, but um, I'm sure that you probably said it to people doing the sessions and stuff, but that might be a good doorway to let people in as far as like, if you have one person that's a believer and the other ones don't like bring in the idea that government intervention is definitely a possibility. And if there is some type of zero gravity technology, of course the government doesn't want to be open about it. It's not necessarily some giant conspiracy as far as it more so might be the fact of if you have technology that's extremely advanced, you want to use it for military reasons. You don't want everybody to be aware of your technology because then they're going to start working on that same technology. And if you have technology that people aren't aware of, they don't know who to track it back to. So you can do all these secret operations without anybody even relating it back to you. So like there's, there's an extremely logical standpoint as far of it also being human intervention that, you know, isn't again, some giant conspiracy cover up that we have all this secret technology. Like there's reasoning behind it. That's completely rational reasoning on why they'd be covering it up. Besides the fact of we have reverse engineered alien technology. Yeah, I, I agree. I just, I think for me, what I kind of gets me is too, is like this idea of, you know, rationalism. Right. And I, and I come from it as somebody who was a complete like rationalist. Um, I don't see why when it comes to the paranormal, things have to be always irrational. Like why you understand? Like, I think there's a lot of rationalism in the paranormal and the fact that people try to stigmatize it and like stamp it as like irrational or, you know, untrue or whatnot is part of the stigma that's propagated, you know, for millennia for years or whatnot. Um, about this stuff and why we have the problem that we have now as far as like the paranormal, although obviously it's changing and, you know, now more and more people are are believing in things, especially with, you know, the UFO disclosure, alien disclosure and all that, um, spirituality on the rise and things like that. Like I feel it's a little bit more accepted in society, but there's still a huge stigma around it. And I think a lot of it has to do with, again, you know, this idea of, you know, rationalism, uh, objectivism, materialism, and things like that, which is really interesting to me. And I'm trying to like, you can have both. You can have, you know, a little bit of rational, but like, you know, not as rational in the paranormal. And I think that kind of applies to a lot of things in life, actually. Not everything has to be rational. I mean, e- are intuitive. even the yeah. un- un- unrational stuff, it may not necessarily be that it's necessarily unrational. It's just not understood 
yet. Like pretty much anything that was a science essentially started off as a pseudoscience. Like I know I've said it multiple times in the show, but like alchemy turned into chemistry and it was just a matter of having more understanding of it. So people are looking at the paranormal right now like it's some completely unrational thing. But if you take our rules of energy and how they work, like I was saying earlier in the show with the whole idea that energy can't be created nor destroyed, you know, assumably the consciousness energy is going to go somewhere. Like they've done the experiments on it where they've uh, used different, different types of cameras and noticed like when a rat or a mouse passes away that there's this like uplifting of energy that ends up leaving the vessel. So, I mean, again, yeah. it's not that it's necessarily irrational. It's just that it's not understood yet. And it's just a matter of time before we keep furthering the science on it. But you have to keep fighting the battle between it being a pseudoscience because everything that is a science at one point, people were looking at like it was some kind of occult practice. It was hidden in the dark. And once we had enough understanding and research of it, then it became an actual recognized branch of science so it's a matter of just getting the paranormal to that point and again getting into some type of somewhat government conspiracy i guess you could say assumably if there's all of these different elites that their biggest fear is dying that's why you see all the different things that they do uh trying to preserve their life as long as possible there could be a lot more of an understanding of the paranormal as far as these secret circles go than we could ever fathom because they don't want the average person to know how to live forever. Like not necessarily live in a vessel forever, but right. continue the consciousness on forever. So I definitely think that it's one of those things that's hidden in the dark right now because there's a specific group of people that have an understanding about it. And that's why a lot of paranormal stuff is brushed off to the side. You have all these like paranormal shows that are over the top that make it look like it's a completely irrational thing. It's, I think it's trying to pull people away from the fact that there is an understood science and phenomenon that's happening. And again, it's just a matter of understanding it and then once we understand it then it won't be paranormal anymore it'll be something natural and it'll just end up becoming another branch of science at that point to further on understand what happens to us after we pass away at least from an energy perspective yeah a hundred percent and i mean what is paranormal right like if you look up at the, the definition of uh paranormal i think it's like it says i think it actually says something like well whatever is beyond the normal understanding that of science and so you understand i to me, it's just like, well, that's a lot of things, isn't it? You understand? Like, paranormal can be so many things. And it's like you said, things in the beginning started off as a pseudoscience. And the reason I feel like the paranormal, what we know as a paranormal now, hasn't become more normal, which it is, by the way. Like, whoever doesn't think the paranormal isn't normal is probably just, you know, being... Trying to turn a blind eye on purpose at this point. <laughs> that are completely conditioned, right? So... <laughs> It's just so interesting to me that they are, I do feel that we have been conditioned to not believe in the paranormal because of what it implies and how far we can go as a society and as an individual, um, as a collective and as an individual. So it's just really interesting that you say that. And I also think about like when, even when psychology started, like the psychology started what, 18, 1870. 1878, 1870, like 1870s. And only about a few years later, they started the, the Society for Psychical Research, which is basically parapsychology, right? But so they almost started hand in hand, but for some reason, you know, objective materialist science said, no, that's not, it's phony, that's crazy. And so now what we have is like a whole discipline that evolved to help people you know, with their, like their mental and emotional states and their well-being, And then it could have evolved together with these more psychic and paranormal components. 
but it didn't um, because of these pseudo skeptics um, that exist because of, you know, people's beliefs and biases. But it's really interesting that you say that. And I do believe that at some point, hopefully, <laughs> our, we will win this fight. And uh, like you said, the paranormal will become a little bit more normal. See, I think it's like a rise and spike thing that through time, everybody had the spiritual understanding of the life around us, but there wasn't necessarily the scientific understanding. So that was where like the up spike of like spirituality started yeah. when all every society was essentially controlled by religion. And then we had the mm -hmm. down point where we went into a fact where early 1900s kind of on from there up until now, uh, then we had the down spike where everything went into science and everybody took the spirituality out of things and just wanted to look at stuff from a scientific standpoint. But I feel like there's a point where the line's going to balance back out where we had this up spike of spirituality down into science. And now we're slowly moving into a time where it's stabilizing, where we had this understanding of spirituality and science and they're starting to converge together where people are understanding that, the laws of reality work in both aspects that there's the bizarre side to it. And then there's the provable scientific side and you have to go all the way in one direction to realize that there is stuff in the other direction. And after the down spike of believing in only science, now we're moving into this new era where everybody's believing in spirituality and science. And at that point, I think that's when the true research is going to get done. Cause it's going to even back out where people are going to look at stuff from being spiritual and scientific at the same time. And then we'll maybe finally actually start having an understanding of, all of this stuff without being too irrational on either side. Right. I completely agree. And I'm really hoping for that because the stuff that's coming out, especially on the more paranormal um, side of things, especially in studies with consciousness and things like that from like ions um, and, and these types of like organizations is really interesting. And it's actually, there's, there's studies that show that um, consciousness can affect, you know, like technology, which is crazy. Uh, but it's true. So who knows? I, I'm all for it and I'm looking forward to that. And I'm hoping that what we do as the paranormal community is helping us get there a little faster. See, I think it was needed on both sides though, because you needed the spirituality side to really write everything down as far as like what you want to understand as far as that goes. And then you go into the scientific side and you needed an understanding of science in order to prove the other side of spirituality. So I think honestly, the up spike and down spike of both was needed to have that middle line because it's hard for people to believe in the spiritual without some type of scientific understanding of it. And it's also hard to believe in everything scientific without the spiritual si understanding of it. So it's like everything is intended to happen as it's supposed to happen. That's gotten me through a lot of hard times in life. And I think that that's kind of where we're at now. Again, that we needed that scientific side in order to have some type of premise or understanding of the spirituality side for the people that are strictly only believing in scientific and things that can be provable. No. Yeah. And I mean, that concept goes back to, you know, ancient cultures and civilizations that believed in the balance, right? Like, I mean, Come on, yin and yang. Like that's mm -hmm. the same thing. Because if you think about science and you think about paranormal or spirituality, I mean they're opposites, right? It's the classic masculine and feminine. And so what we got to do is just sort of kind of make them whole and converge them and have that sort of balance. And I think that's what we're approaching now. Law of duality. It's eventually going to happen. And it's going to even back out and yep. create that line. <laughs> exactly. You got it. So. uh as far as uh, before we end up wrapping everything up, I always like to do words of wisdom from the guests to the listeners. So if there's any words of wisdom that you'd like to bestow on the listeners today, uh, what might it be? Oh my gosh. Um, believe. I think for me, my, my biggest word of wisdom is to believe. 
And I'm not saying that you believe everything or you believe everything that everybody tells you, but at least have that sort of curiosity and that that sort of faith that something else is out there and look into it and see where that takes you and have that ounce of belief, not only in what's around us, but mostly within yourself and see what answers you can find. Create your own framework of reality so that you can understand your own reality based off of your experiences and don't completely throw everything out of the window on either side. Again, you got to you got to create your own paradigm of what you think reality is, because essentially reality is from every individual's own perspective. And the only way you're ever going to understand it isn't from other things that everybody's telling you, but rather you forming your own perspective and framework of your own reality. Right. So our reality is based off of our experiences. So experience things like don't say no, just keep an open mind and believe in exactly what you just said. And uh, for anybody that wants to come and find you on the internet, uh, they possibly want to come to you for some paranormal advising, uh, maybe even just share some experiences with you. Uh, Where might people be able to come and find you on the internet and where can people hook up with uh, getting some help as far as like their paranormal experiences go? So definitely check out my website, www.paranormalparadigma.com. I'm also very active on Instagram, which is this, my handle is Paranormal Paradigma. I'm also on TikTok, also same handle, and Threads, also same handle. And I also have an email. Uh, so it's Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, at paranormalparadigma.com. You can literally just message me on any of these platforms and I will reach out and try to help. And if you want to book a session like directly, just go on my website and go to the sessions and just click it on there. Perfect. And then for all the listeners out there, I'll include everything down in the show notes. Everybody can find everything quick and easy. And uh, I appreciate you making the time to come on today. And uh, I'm looking forward to having you on next time because I'm sure that we could probably go on for a while. Um, So I'll have to come back around at some point soon here and have you come back on. Sounds like a plan. I love it. Thanks. If you guys enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a review or rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify or whatever other podcatcher that you use. And of course, you guys can also share the show through word of mouth. If you think somebody might really enjoy this episode, you guys can share it with them directly. Or you guys can go on the YouTube or the TikTok, uh, share some different clips of the show. Maybe you can get somebody interested off of watching a little short form version of the show. But anything you guys do, greatly appreciate it. And if you don't do any of that, I just appreciate that you guys are listening to the show. And if anybody has an encounter to report, no matter how big, no matter how small, you guys can report that to OMMEncounterReports at Outlook.com. Or you guys know the link tree, and there is a specific submission form for that. And uh, if you guys want to get a hold of me for any other reason whatsoever, you guys can do so through social media. Instagram is the one that I'm the most active on, or Facebook. Or you guys can also email me at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at Outlook.com. Or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form for that. Uh, there is two separate submission forms, so make sure you guys click on the right one. And of course, make sure you guys check your spam or junk folders because I do respond to every single message that I get. But due to the fact that I send out a lot of links for the show, a lot of the time my stuff gets pushed to the spam or junk folders. But anyways, just make sure you guys check, of course, because I don't want anything to get missed going back and forth with you guys. But uh, everything that I mentioned is all available on the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that... Hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody.